the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You don't have no internal strength. You don't have any wisdom. You have no option. You are even ashamed at what's going to happen to you. So you appeal to a mediator. You appeal to a savior. And all this savior is asking you now is, am I going to be your head? Because the way y'all have behaved in the past, as soon as a deliverer comes, you roll with him for a moment and then you turn against him. In other words, will you keep your word? there. Welcome to Way of Grace from Grace Bible Church in Hayward and online at grace-bible.com. Today, we may be looking at the life of Jephthah found here in the book of Judges, but in reality, what we're looking at is you and I and our relationship with the Lord. There are so many similarities that we see in Jephthah. Ever struggle with your sin? You ever struggle with the fickleness that you have towards the Lord at times? We have some answers for you if you'll stick around and join us. Here in the book of Judges, Jephthah, the judge who made a vow. We're in chapter 11. Let's catch up with Pastor Jessica Stan and today's broadcast of Way of Grace. Subpoint three, it's clear he was chosen of God, was he not? Just like Jesus was chosen of God, was he not? And just like you and I, if you're a child of the living, of living God, you're chosen of God, are you not? makes no sense other than the mercy and grace of God in Christ. He's quite different than Abimelech, as I said. And God is keeping him. God is keeping him. And you'll notice over in verse 5 of chapter 11, this is how he ends up back with his brethren. Uh, I'm going to start at verse 4. And it came to pass in process of time. It was a long time that the children of Ammon made war against Israel. There it is. The very gods they're worshiping. The children of Ammon made war against Israel, and it was so that when the children of Ammon made war against Israel, the elders of Gilead went to fetch what? Oh, do you see how your pride disappears, your prejudice disappears, your anger disappears? All of those articles you wrote about Jephthah, all of that mess you talked about him, you you disgraced him. You made him worse than he really was. You told everybody, leave Jephthah alone. Jephthah ain't worth a dime. Had everybody hating on Jephthah. Now the whole leadership is sneaking in the dark, going to try to catch Jephthah. Because Jephthah got some boys with him that know how to get down. Get down. (laughs) Jephthah got some boys with him. And I want you to hear how they are now coming to the one they rejected. And are going to appeal to him to be the head. Go right to the top. So Jephthah was doing something over in another region that they heard about, didn't they? They heard something about that brother, didn't they? 
to in an unashamedly, unabashed way, ask him. Notice what it says. So they came to Jephthah, verse 6. He says, they say, come and be our captain that we may fight with the children of Ammon. See it? And Jephthah said unto the elders of Gilead, didn't you kick me out? Didn't you hate on me and expel me out of my father's house? See, I want you to get this. This is a father's house battle. I want you to get it. This is about the father and the son. This is about the father's love for the son and the son's love for the father and his brother and treating him malignantly. Am I making some sense? Right. It's only three covenant paradigms, father, son, king, servant, husband and wife. And we are at the father, son paradigm. Are we not? Well, we're in the judges. We're not in the monarchy. So here we are with a father, son paradigm and the son has been expelled and now they want him back. Because they've got enemies that they actually were worshiping as whores under them, but their enemies now want to destroy them. God had already said that to Israel in Ezekiel 16. All your lovers with whom you make yourself beautiful, put on jewelry, show your buttocks, show your breasts. You're going to submit yourself to them and they're going to hate you at the last, destroy you and burn you up. You guys know the prophecy. And here the children of uh, Gilead and the surrounding cities are aware that that doom is coming and they're calling on no one but Jephthah. And he has to remind them of what they did. He has that right, doesn't he? Right. They should not be coming to Jephthah saying, Jephthah, would you, would you just forgive us and let it go? Just let it go, Jephthah. Let it go. You know how we do sometimes? Let it go. Now he did let it go. But he didn't let it go because they had the right to tell him to let it go. He let it go because he had worked that thing out in his own life over the period of time that he was separated from them. See, this is what you have to do as a child of God. You have to get right with God, even if other people are not right with you. And even if you're not right with other people yet, am I making some sense? You got to get right with God. Hold on. Hold on now. Please understand this. You don't wait to get right with God until you get right with people. No, you get right with God first and then hope you can get right with people. I'm fairly certain that you can get right with God way quicker than you can get right with people. And say, so soon as you get right with God so that the vertical blessings can come down, fix your crazy head, fix your crazy emotions, fix your crazy memory. As soon as you're being healed by the blood atoning work of Christ so that the salve of grace is allowing you to heal from the wounds of the conflict between you and whoever it is, your wholeness will give you space to wait for reconciliation. Did that make some sense? Your wholeness will give you space to wait for reconciliation. And I think this point really needs to be drilled home for the moment. Again, Jephthah has every reason to say no. And yet he's saying yes. So something happened where they wanted Jephthah to die. Because see, when you send somebody away, you're fundamentally saying go to hell. They wanted Jephthah to die. That's why they put Jesus on the cross. Jephthah points to Jesus, but Jephthah is not Jesus. They wanted him to die. And here he is emerging now as their only hope. 
And Christ is the only hope of a world that wants him to die. And something must have happened with Jephthah in that he worked it out. Can I tell you what it is? Because we're getting ready to go there. Can I tell you what it is? When God in his mercy upholds you in the midst of your trouble and difficulty and blesses you by and by every day of your life, keeps your strength, keeps your mind, keeps your wit, keeps your deportment, allows you to work, allows you to recover, blesses you on the left hand and blesses you on the right hand in spite of what happened to you, in spite of who you are, in spite of all the crazy going on in your mind, your job is to thank the Lord for his goodness in your life and for the blessings he bestowed upon you. Yes. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. And do not forget all of his benefits that he shows towards us in his grace and in his loving kindness. He pours out us blessing upon blessing upon blessing upon blessing upon blessing. And I'm about to get into it. What shall I render unto God for all that he has done for me? Put a pin in that one. Because that's where your problem is. Put a pen in it. Is my preaching too hard for you? Because some people don't like this kind of firm preaching. Scared to death. What shall I do for all the goodness that God has done for me? So Jephthah finds himself being promoted by God and he has already worked it out. All that he has and all that he is is by the grace of God. He has completely resolved the issue with his brethren just like Joseph resolved the issue with his brethren because both of them knew that their exaltation came only by the mercy and sovereign choice of God. Am I making some sense? Nothing in them merited them the right to be where they are. We know Jephthah went back and forth in his mind. We know he planned to take all of them out. Now, y'all don't think like that, but some of us do. If I could get away with it, And then the Lord has, does he have to keep you? Does he have to bring you back from that planet? Does he have to bring you back and set you down and say, son, son, you're mine. You're mine. I just want to help you understand you can have those thoughts, but they won't work. And then if he's good, he'll show you where all of the holes are in your logic. And if he, if he really needs to, he'll give you the horrors of you getting caught in an attempt to do it, and then he will extrapolate the horrors by you being shipped off to one of those crazy countries, just dropped off by an airplane with a parachute in a crazy country, and they tear you apart limb from limb because of your stupid thoughts. Anybody have some of that? No, you don't. You don't, you don't think like that. Only I think like that. Only I think like that. Lord, don't, don't let those folks hijack me, put me in a plane, ship me over to South America somewhere and just throw me out the plane. Don't let them do that to me. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Because see, all these kind of evils happen to people like this all the time. Am I making some sense? All these kind of evils happen to people every day. 
I, don't, I, I think we're way too naive about evil. I got a little time. I think we're way too evil. I think we're way too naive about evil. I think we're so simplistic in our mind that we don't realize atrocious evil is going on all around us at levels that if we saw it, it would change our innocency and naivety about how well things are. And so Jephthah knew evil and he knew what was required to engage in a hostile nation like the Ammonites, the Moabites and the Ammonites. And what Jephthah is about to do is really lay out an argument. Now, this is really interesting. All I'm going to do is demonstrate one thing. He is going to take on his calling very seriously. He's going to take on this calling. And I want you to mark how it looks. Look over at verse eight. Are you there? And the elders of Gilead said unto Jephthah, therefore, we turn again to you now that you may go with us and fight against the children of Ammon and be our head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. Verse nine. And Jephthah said unto the elders of Gilead, if you bring me home again to fight against the children of Ammon and the Lord deliver them before me, shall I be your head? You see it? Right. So you got to know the man to know the extent of the seriousness of this proposition. And I'm going to use this to build my argument for our third and final point. Jephthah has been abused and treated in such a malignant way by the most important people in his life. That he understands that words mean very little. When you, can, when you can grow up with family members like he did. And they summarily come together with one voice just one day and kick him out. And they have been loving on him and living with him and eating food with him and playing with him and growing up with him all those years. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You know how we do. And then all of a sudden, one day, the darkness and the evil that's in our nature takes over in such a way that now what we're dealing with is the dynamic of groupthink. See, like once the group turns against you, all of that love they talked about all those years before goes out the window. And remember, Jephthah didn't walk away. He fled. So, you know, his head is jacked up. You know he's hurting deeply and he played the picture back over and over and over again, didn't he? He had to work through things they said. Man, you my boy, I'm down with you. You are family, man. We down with you. Ain't no difference between us and you. Y'all know how it all goes down. And then all of a sudden one day, they can hate you so bad that you might as well disappear from the earth. So now when they come back and say, we want you to be head over us, he's about to nail them with a phrase that they have to now actually prove that they own. Will you make me your head? Now, see, this is about a word. This is about a word. I know this is where I'm supposed to go on this now. This is about a word. This is about the integrity 
in your heart. When you are in trouble, when the difficulties are such that you know you can't extricate yourself, you need somebody else to deliver you because you don't see your way out. You don't have no internal strength. You don't have any wisdom. You have no option. You are even ashamed at what's going to happen to you. Am I making some sense? So you appeal to a mediator, you appeal to a savior, and all this savior is asking you now is, am I going to be your head? Because the way y'all have behaved in the past, as soon as a deliverer comes, you roll with him for a moment, and then you turn against him. In other words, will you keep your word? Right, so I can ask you the question as a preemptive to where we're getting ready to go. Are you a person that keeps your word? Yeah, don't open your mouth and say that to me. Because you might be found to be a liar. Think it through. Think it through. You know how we'll say it, but then in the middle of the night, the Holy Ghost will say, remember that one? All men are liars. All men are liars. How many times you said it to God? Because that's where we're going. That's where we're going. God taught Jephthah something about integrity, about commitment to his word, about when you say you're going to do a thing, you do it. And see, I only know a God who is like that. He's called the Alpha and the Omega. But he's also called the Amen. So that when God says he's going to do a thing, he does it. And there's no variable of changing with God. No lie will ever go out of his mouth. God can't lie. God won't change. And God doesn't what? So when he speaks, all of his promises are yes and amen. Right? So what God would teach you and me to to know is that when you open your mouth and say something, it ought to mean something. We live in a generation where our word don't go that far. You know it's true. You know it's true. Here it is. Watch what he says over in verse 10. And the elders of Gilead said unto Jephthah, the Lord be witness between us if we do not so according to your words. Do you know what that is? A covenant. Are y'all ready? V-O-W. That's where we're going. Now I want you to, I'm just going to read a few things here in this portion and go on to my other point because what Jephthah does here is quite remarkable. Notice what it says over in verse 12. Are you there? And Jephthah sent messengers unto the king of the children of Ammon saying, and I want you to hear the construction now. What have you to do with them? Is that what it says? Me. Do you see it? Do you see it? So Jephthah, the one that was cast out, 
the one that's called back, the one they just made a vow to, has immediately owned all the people as his and has taken on the total burden of all their threat as his. And he faces the king face to face as a mediator between them and him. Do you see it? Everything that he is, I am in him. Everything that I am, he was for me. See, when you have a head like that, things are about to get better. Do you see it? Things are about to get better. Can you, can you see what that brother did? That brother says, Lord, look what you have done for me. I'm going to pour the totality of everything that I am into this relationship, into this mission, into this calling. Because if it was not for your mercy, I'd have no right to be here. Lord, I am going to be in your stead. I'm going to open my mouth in your cause. I'm going to deal with this king according to history and according to facts. And if y'all read from verse 12 to verse 26, he recalls the whole history of how Israel came through the wilderness every time God sent them to a route. Certain of the nations like Moab and Ammon refused to let them go through refused to give them bread, refused to give them water. And the Lord made it work out anyway. Am I making some sense? So notice what Jephthah is not doing. Jephthah is not making this about him. He's making this about the Lord. Can I tell you why? Because Jephthah understands that this battle is really the Lord's battle. It's not even his battle. He's fighting a battle for the Lord. Do you see it? Saints, do you see it? Yes. This is why you got to be careful about being stuck in the horizontal dilemma. I keep telling you, you got to understand where you stand in terms of God's vertical design, his vertical purpose, when he wants you to open your mouth for him. That's what Jephthah is. That's what Jephthah is. And he eloquently sets forth with total accuracy everything that happened. And notice what it says in verse 28. How be it the king of the children of Ammon hearkened not unto the words of Jephthah, which he sent out. See it? Now why? Because this is a battle that God wants to fight. There would be no peace between the spirit and the flesh. There would be no unity between the carnal and the man that is operating out of the spiritual kingdom principle. There will always be war against the flesh. Am I making some sense? And God is getting ready to demonstrate his, his magnificent grace in his servant motif. This is a savior motif. And we see it clearly in verse 29 at that time. And then right there, the spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah. That boy started riding. He started riding. Do you see it? Come on, fellas, let's go. That's what the text says. Look at it. And he passed over Gilead. He went all the way through Gilead, the city that called upon him. And he passed through Manasseh. Did he pass through? And then he passed through Mizpah of Gilead. And he passed from Mizpah of Gilead. And he passed over up unto the children of Ammon. Ammon. He's ready for war. 
And you can infer in these passages as he was making his way to meet the enemy in the valley. He was gathering to himself the soldiers that were ready to go to war under Jephthah in the name of the Lord. That's why he passed all the way through. Don't miss that. Don't be shallow in your reading. You can't have a military entourage rolling through the city and people not asking, what is this about? And then Jephthah tell them that we're getting ready to fight the Lord's battle against the Ammonites. Whosoever is on the Lord's side, let him come with me. We are out of time today. We'll close our program out here and pick up where we left off next time we're together here on Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastand. Thank you for spending a few minutes with us today. We trust it was profitable in your walk and relationship with Christ. Our goal here at Way of Grace is to make sure that you are growing in Christ, that you are living a life worthy of the calling that has been placed on your life from the gospel. If you have questions, comments, prayer requests, as always, you're welcome to reach out to us here at Way of Grace. Our phone number is real easy. You can reach out to us at 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. You can also reach us at our website, grace-bible.com. And you can email us from that website as well as find out more about us, who we are, what we believe, worship opportunities. In fact, our worship opportunities are really quite simple. Sundays at 1030, we meet here at the church in Hayward. We also have a Friday evening Bible study at 630 and then a Tuesday evening prayer and Bible study at 630 as well. For more information, again, grace-bible.com or call 510-886. 9782. Reach out to us by mail if you want to write 22768 Main Street. That's 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California. The zip code is 94541. As always, it's a pleasure spending time with you here in God's Word, growing in His grace. Until next time, may Christ be your way of grace. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.